Welcome back, folks. This is Mark Steiner right here on The Mark Steiner Show and your source for cool jazz and more, WEAA 88.9 FM, the voice of the community. As you know, for the last 20-odd years, we've been covering with some intensity the question of bails and the role that bail plays in the lives of poor people. Uh, in many ways, it's another form of slavery in our culture. Uh, and so it's people thought it was going to kind of roll through the General Assembly this year, at least some people did, because of the Court of Appeals, because of Brian Frosch, Frosch the Attorney General, what he laid down. But uh, the power of the bail bonds lobby is huge. And we are here once again with Karen York, Director of Policy and Strategic Partnerships with the Jobs Opportunity Task Force. Good to see you, Karen. Thank you, Mark. As always a always. pleasure. Doug Colbert's in the house as well, professor of law at the University of Maryland Carey School of Law. And as I say, has been fighting this fight for as long as I've known you for the last 24 years uh, in a very major way. Good to have you back in the studio, Doug. Thank you, Mark. Good to be here. And joining us by phone is Dave Von Love, Director of Research and Public Policy for Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle, who is uh, working at lobbying on this bill very hard in Annapolis on these bills. And Dave Von, good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. So, let's, so one of the things I texted you earlier, Doug, was to say I have been kind of blown away by the absolute power of the bail lobby because they seem to have turned things around in their favor, unless I'm missing something, in the General Assembly. No, and, and the legislature in Annapolis has been the home field that the bondsmen have enjoyed all these years. We've never been able to get a bill out of House Judiciary and with the current chair in the Senate Judicial Proceedings, uh, Bobby Zirkin, uh, we've never been uh, successful there as well. Uh, so, so basically what it is, Mark, is that last month the Maryland Court of Appeals, our highest court, made some uh, big changes in pretrial release and bail. And fundamentally it says that poor people, low-income people, should not be in jail solely because they can't afford a bail. And wealthy but dangerous people should not be released from jail solely because they have the money. Uh, so those changes went into effect, well, uh, the, got passed last February 7th, and are about to be implemented in a couple of months. And that's where the bail bondsmen have done everything possible to use their influence uh, to reverse the Court of Appeals and to go even beyond that, to really make money uh, the name of the game. So, Karen, give me an uh, analysis of where you think this is, where you think this is at the moment. Well, <clears throat> well, to start off with where it is right now. So right now, it's currently uh, Senate Bill 983 um, is the bill that the current pretrial release bill that is being debated on the Senate floor um, and has been since last week. Um, to be very clear, this is uh, what is considered what we call the bail bondsman's bill. Why? Because um, the major entities or individuals that are supporting uh, this bill, Senate Bill 983, and what was House Bill 1215 are the bail bondsmen. And so what has happened is uh, the bill received, Senate Bill 983, received a favorable vote um, out of the Senate Judicial Proceedings Committee. Um, however, even as amended, um, the committee, you know, claimed to hear the concerns of the advocates and, and believe that they amended it in a way that would address many of our concerns. But the problem is, is that even as amended, Senate Bill 983 still seeks to, what Professor Colbert was speaking about, undo this landmark court rule. And I think we have to, you know, we can't um, we can't diminish the impact of this court rule. This is a unanimous court rule where you have bipartisan judges that unanimously ruled um, to say that we, 
we have to put in place exactly what Professor Colbert mentioned. And so this rule does not take effect until July. And so because this rule would, it would be a blow to the bail bond industry because they would not be able to, um, they would not remain profitable from individuals um, being, having cash bail being imposed um, on them in a manner um, uh, that's harmful to them and their families. So because of this, because this rule is set to take effect in a couple of months in July, they are working very hard, very feverishly to undermine, to dismantle this rule in any way, shape, or form. And that's where Senate Bill 983 comes in. Senate Bill 983 seeks to do really two things. Um, Senate Bill 983 seeks to allow judicial officers and judges to impose money bail to ensure public safety. This is in direct conflict with the court rule, which states that if you are going to impose a cash bail, it should only be imposed to ensure the appearance of the individual. If you've identified the individual as being dangerous, then that individual should be detained. No amount of money is going to make them any less dangerous, right? right? So Senate Bill 983 undoes the rule in the sense that it has language saying that you can impose cash bail to ensure um, the safety of the community and victims, et cetera, et cetera. What it also does, um, it it also uh, allows um, or discourages judicial officers and judges um, from setting a preference for certain um, pretrial conditions of release. The rule is very clear about expressly um, encouraging or instructing judges and judicial officers to consider or exhaust non-financial conditions of release before even considering a financial condition of release. And that's important because if you don't um, engage in that individualized assessment to identify any non-financial conditions of release that may ensure the appearance of this individual in court, you may in turn set a cash bail that they cannot afford. And if they cannot afford it, then they're being solely detained because they cannot afford it. And so then we're, what's happening is we're, you know, perpetuating the status quo, which everyone claims to want to undo this idea of detaining individuals because they can't pay a bond. But Senate Bill 983 does exactly that. It allows you to set a cash bail to ensure public safety and to also equate non-financial conditions with financial conditions. So, Davon, let me bring you in here. You've been walking the halls a lot in Annapolis, as has Karen, as has Doug. I mean, all three of you have. And, mm-hmm. and um, But so... But let's talk a bit about the politics of this. I read in the paper, I don't know where this is com- where it's going, is that the pro-bail bonds bill co-sponsored by Delegate uh, Kurt Anderson, that he withdrew his name from that bill, right? So well, he withdrew the bill on part, the House side. On the House side. Mm-hmm. So, so t- talk about where politically it is. Well, I'm going to get into that with you all for a minute. Where, where is it politically? Because, you know, we talked last time about how uh, they had a number of civil rights leaders coming in to testify for the bail bondsmen. Uh, from the Urban League and the state NAACP and other places, um, that um, there are a number of liberal and African-American co- uh, delegates and senators who are supporting this. So so where is it right now? What, 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 where politically does it stand? Well, a, a few things. I think the first thing is it's important to keep in mind um, that, unfortunately, a lot of our you know black legislators um, have been those legislators who you know we've respected throughout the years. Many of them um, have either been complicit um, or complacent, rather, um, in the effort for the bail bonds industry to advance um, their interests, or have been active proponents. Um, and so, you know, Senator uh, Muse out of Prince George's County, who you know has often been a champion on a lot of issues that we fought for, right? It's one of the key sponsors on this bill. Um, and it's frustrating, um, you know, folks like him um, and others who are supporters of this legislation 
Um, and, and we think that that has happened because the bail bonds industry has targeted black people and getting black people to support their particular initiative as a way, strategic way to get this through. Um, you know, and so I think politically, that's kind of where we are in terms of how, you know, the bail bonds industry um, has used certain political tactics to try to give their particular effort resonance. The other thing, though, that, that is really important to keep in mind here is that there's a fundamental um, misunderstanding that is being circulated, um, that's being put forward. Um, that's kind of the rhetorical piece that's being used in defense of the bail bonds industry bill. And that fundamental misunderstanding is this, is that a person who is poor, a person who doesn't, who don't, they don't have an extra $500 to spare, our metric for, for successful bail reform needs to be how do we make it so that folks like that are not forced to pay bail or stay in jail, lose their job, you lose their employment, et cetera. What is happening now in the conversation about bail reform is that there's all these exceptions that folks are bringing up. You know, what if a person wants to pay cash bail? Or, you know, what if people are being forced to, you know, wear electronic monitoring devices? Right? All these arguments that are really red herring. Because at the end of the day, what we do know is that over the past five years, over 17,000 people have been locked up pre-trial for cash bail less than $5,000, which means $500 was the difference between 17,000 people being incarcerated pre-trial over the past five years. And there is nothing about House Bill 9, I mean, Senate Bill 983, that does anything about that. And there has not been an argument made about how that, with a, how, how Senate Bill 983 addresses that problem, um, and and there's and there's and, and going back to the first thing I that I mentioned mm -hmm. is I want to get to the legislators who I think we need to really push on this issue. Um, so people like Senator Nat Oaks, he's newly a senator. He's a person um, that supported this piece of legislation, um, you know. And so folks in Baltimore, we need to press Senator Nat Oaks going to be up for election in 2018, where rumors about who he's going to run against, this is a clear issue that could affect his ability to, you know, hold on to that seat. I think we need to put his seat to the fire. Um, Senator Barbara Robinson, um, who actually didn't vote yesterday on one of the major amendments, um, you know, that's someone who we need to oppose this bill, someone who also was appointed recently to her Senate seat. And we'll be up for re-election. We need to put pressure, um, you know, on, on her. Um, you know, there, there's elected officials in Prince George's County um, that we need to put pressure on. Uh, Senator Curry out of Prince George's County. Um, you know, so so there are a wide range of legislators that we need to push. But I, I'm just, I know I've been talking for a while, but what I want to end on is just the fact that there are black legislators who, you know, it should be a no-brainer to oppose this piece of legislation. So well, clearly the court rule will be the best way to address those 17,000 people, and we need them to stand with us. So, I mean, so I, I want to be very clear on the time we have together here today because we don't have much time, and this is going to provoke tomorrow and Thursday. There are, are there still three bills or just two, two sets? 
two sets of bills and three sets of bills. <clears throat> there's two only sets. there's only one bill in motion, Senate <clears throat> Bill 983. Um, and that's the bill. That that is the bail bondsman bill. That is the bill that would in effect undo the court rule. So the bill that you all supported. When we talked yes. last time, that's been withdrawn. And- that has been withdrawn, and that was withdrawn. We encourage the sponsors to withdraw those bills to send a message to the committees um, and the legislature so, that we should let the court rule stand. So, so okay, that is very clear to understand for everybody. So, so that is that why the Legislative Black Caucus voted eighteen to thirteen to say do not, do not uh, pass on the bail reform bills. We're trying to make it very easy for people to see that we're three votes short of defeating Senate Bill 983, just three votes different. So this is coming down to the wire now. In the Senate? In the Senate, yes. Three votes short? Four. We really want four. So who are the people in our listening area? Who should they be talking to? In Baltimore City, Baltimore County... Prince George's County, Howard County, Anne Arundel, where a lot of listeners are, and Montgomery. Who should they be talking to? So voters should be, um, or listeners should be, uh, reaching out, and voters. calling, email, they both. and voters. They absolutely, both. absolutely. <laughs> um, Baltimore City, uh, please reach out to Senator Barbara Robinson. Please reach out to Senator Nathaniel Oaks. Um, you know, I would even also encourage uh, callers to reach out to Senator Nathaniel, Nathaniel McFadden and Senator Joan Carter Conway. They, you know, have stood strong with us and thank them um, for standing with us and, you know, encourage them to talk to their colleagues on the floor. In Prince George's County, reach out to Senator Anthony Muse. He's the bill sponsor, but get him to understand how this is actually going against everything that he claims um, or, you know, uh, that he's uh, cared about over the past couple of years. Senator Curry, um, I would even encourage folks to reach out to uh, Senate President Mike Miller. Um, he has an invested interest. Uh, in this as well. Um, he, it's very clear. He's even said on the Senate floor that Senate Bill 983 would overrule the court rule that has yet to take effect, um, yet he's still encouraging uh, this bill to move forward. So please reach out to the office of Senate President uh, Mike Miller. Um, in Baltimore County, reach out to Kathy Klausmeyer. Um, in Howard County, Guy Gazzoni. Um, just re- reach out to any and every senator um, that is in the state of Maryland. Whoever and represents them. you, reach out to them Absolutely, now. and encourage them to vote red on Senate Bill 983. Red means no. Red means no. Just being clear. <laughs> Don't so, go. so what's so frustrating here, Mark, is that the bail bondsmen have done everything possible to confuse issues, to use language as they're now the reformers. Everything translates to money for the bail bondsmen. Every time they a judge sets bail, the only way you get out of jail is to pay the bondsmen their 10% non-refundable fee. So law professors, people who are interested in the law, we know how this violates equal protection. You're advantaging the rich and you're disadvantaging the low-income working person and the poor. And it's become so important now to reclaim a fair justice system that saves taxpayers lots of money. So, so Devon, so... You're going to be lobbying up to the last minute here with this. I think that that, that um, there's some really critical things here that we really have to say. I'm going to say them over and over again so we really get it because it really is confusing. There's one bill. There's one set of bills, House and Senate, right? Right. Senate Bill 983 and House Bill 1215. House Bill 1215 has already been okay, withdrawn. Okay, so just Senate Bill 983. The listeners should only focus on Senate Bill 983. Okay. That's the only moving vehicle. Which would overturn the ruling. Absolutely. If it was passed. Absolutely. The, the ruling that has the, the unanimous court ruling that has yet to take effect. That would allow judges to not set cash bail and let people out. 
It would, non- it, okay. it would it would not it would require judges to exhaust non-financial conditions before For considering considering a cash bail. And and I you know I think this is also important, Davon, the way you were talking about it as well. All of us have been talking about it, which is how this this really affects poor underemployed people in our communities and poor working class folks who get busted for the most silly of crimes uh, and are stuck in jail for a long time losing everything. That, that's why it's so crazy that, to me when I hear that certain people are not supporting this bill. I'm just curious, if you, if you very quickly, Devon, can you describe the reasons people are saying they, they don't support, uh, and that they're supporting this bill? Well, the, as Doug mentioned, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, people that propaganda around bail. You know, the idea is that bail acts as his bridge to help people so that they're not incarcerated um, pre-trial. And I think, but to, to me, what we've said and what others have said that's very clear um, has been that, you know, we should prefer non-financial conditions for release and that the court rule as it stands or as it would go into effect if we can, able to, if we can stop this bill from passing would, uh, would instruct judges to be thinking about non-financial conditions and to give court commissioners um, the direction to pursue non-financial conditions before the consideration of cash bail, with the general idea being that we want to make sure that poor people are not getting cash bail because currently that's what the system is doing right now. And I think a part of the problem is is that people are just confused, quite frankly. The bail bonds industry has really muddied this issue in a way that they've been able to describe the bail bonds industry as, you know, a friend to the poor people. Um, people who actually engage this conversation as a matter of policy, I think it's this. All the people who um, work with, you know, human social service professionals, social workers, people that work with folks in community, all of us are on the same page about this. It is literally just the bail bonds industry and the folks they finance that have been able to produce, um, you know, a, a resistance to so, the idea that many of us are clear about this idea of non-financial conditions for releases preferred over cash bail. Go ahead, Doug. It's Doug mind-boggling, Colbert. though, Mark, because you have a unanimous judiciary saying we want the reform. You have our leading lawyer in the state, the attorney general, advocating as strongly as possible that this is the best and fairest and least expensive system. So let's give it a chance. Give it a year or two. Let's see what happens. But they want to kill it so quickly because it makes a big dent in their profiteering. And that's where this whole bill is coming from. It's the idea that money generates profits. And I think, again, it's important to say, I mean, this, this bill affects so many people in our communities that you could be uh, driving home from your job. You might be a school teacher. You might be a school teacher that, uh, that, and ha- have a family and your bills are stretched mm-hmm. and you have some stupid warrant from four years ago that means nothing that was really not even that important that you could deal with if you went to court, mm-hmm. but you're going to go to jail and I can't get out of jail because you're going to have a bail put on you that you cannot afford, even though you have a master's degree and you're teaching our children and taking care of our kids. So that, or if you are a unemployed man in the corner and get, and get stopped because you didn't pay child support some time ago and all of a sudden they're going to put you in jail, you're never going to get out. We, we, this, is, this is how important this bill is. Right, right. Stop filling our jails up with poor working class black folks in this state. Right. And, and you know, you mentioned family and just really quickly, you know, one of the arguments that is being uh, articulated by, you know, those state's attorneys that are supporting Senate Bill 983 
2003 in the bail bonds was this idea that, you know, uh, one way to ensure public safety and one reason why we need cash bail is that, you know, if you have to borrow money from your family members or your friends, then that's going to ensure that you're going to show up for court. That's going to ensure that you're not going to commit a crime. And it's completely, um, you know, diminishing or it's, or it's completely not taking into account this idea that you are have you're having to borrow money from friends and family to secure your freedom and you have not been found guilty of a crime yet and you don't get that money back if you give it to the bail bondsman. And we've seen numbers to show that a majority of folks are not even found guilty at the end of their case. So, you know, it, it, it's 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 not just on the individual, it's on the family as well. So in the time we have left here, again, what should people do and what's the name of the bill? Again, let's Senate, sure Senate Bill there. 983, the sponsor is Senator Muse. Call your senator and urge them to vote red, vote no on Senate Bill 983. It is on the floor Thursday morning, tomorrow morning. So we got to get it out there. Absolutely. And it's, it's everything that we're saying here. This is the best opportunity we've had in 20 mm-hmm. years to really create real reform, real mm-hmm. fairness, and to make sure we're not paying or other people mm-hmm. aren't paying to get their freedom. So Call I'm your gonna, delegate, too. Just, not just your senator, your delegate, too. All the political influence we need. All of so them. you've got to get it out there, folks. This is a, We didn't think we were going to be up against a wall with this at this point, but we are this year. Let me thank our guests for being here. Dave Von Love is Director of Research and Public Policy for Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle. Karen York is Director of Policy and Strategic Partnerships for the Job Opportunities Task Force. Doug Colbert is Professor of Law at the University of Maryland Carey School of Law. Make that call. Stand up for our citizens. Thank you all so much for being here. Thanks, Mark. Thanks so much, Mark. We have to take a short break, but stay with us, folks. When we come back, we'll have a conversation about the film Get Out. Before we go to break, I want to remind you, the Mark Steiner Show is brought to you in part by the Maryland State Education Association. From limiting over testing to protecting public school funding, you can learn more about the issues affecting Maryland students, parents, and schools by visiting the Maryland State Education Association's website at MarylandEducators.org. That's MarylandEducators.org. Or SteinerShow.org is the Maryland State Education Association's banner. 